Welcome to the DMF. I am your host, Justin Yachts, and today is the first episode of a little segment I am calling Helping the Actor. Uh, Amy Manning and I have decided that we wanted to do something for the actor. And what we have come up with in our first episode is formatting a resume. So everything you have ever wanted to know about formatting a resume is in this episode. Enjoy. Okay, we're back. Um, we are starting a new segment, one that I call Helping the Actor. And I have Amy Manning here to talk about formatting a resume. How are you doing, Amy? Good. Great. So we have here a basic resume, just a, a basic resume. First thing I want to ask about is why is formatting important? Well, I mean, first of all, I think we should talk about why resumes are important, right? I mean, for, mm. for actors. And so I think that formatting your resume is something that it is a representation of you professionally and actors are always looking for their next job, right? So um, as a professional, you know, an executive, we may be looking for a job maybe four or five times in our lives or you know, depending on what field you're in, obviously, but as an actor, you're always going to be looking for work. And so this is your calling card and it's always going to be changing. It's going to be fluid. You're going to be hopefully earning more credits and, and training. And, and this, this should be a fluid document. That's a representation of you as a professional actor. And therefore it should be formatted professionally. It should look presentable and it should look professional. And I think that, you know, that those two things together represent the reason why it needs to be formatted correctly to show and illustrate that you understand your profession and that it's presented in a way that illustrates the same platform of the jobs that you're looking for. Can you talk a little bit about the difference between a resume that is, you know, you know, paper, you know, a physical resume and perhaps uh, an actor's access resume? Sure. So in actor's access, which is a platform that your agent or manager is going to be looking at day to day, it's a little different in that you're restricted to a format in actor's access. You've got, you know, these linear sections that you can populate and it's going to reflect basically the same information that's in a paper format or a digital representation resume, but um, you do have a lot more flexibility on your own resume, like putting it into a word format or a PDF where you could, for instance, on this sample resume that we're utilizing, add something beautiful and creative that a casting director work, that you worked with had to say about you or something positive that a director that you worked with might have said about you. Any, anything that you can do to separate yourself, you have a lot more freedom on the personal private resume. On the Actors Access resume, it is a tool and it's a professional tool for your agent and your manager and they need it to be updated. It needs to be extremely consistent. You have a little bit more flexibility here. With Actors Access, it has to be exactly the same format and populated in the way that it is required. So for instance, on the skills, they're gonna ask for specific things. You have some flexibility on the bottom 
where you can add in some awards, some additional skills, some additional information if you would like. But for the most part, it, you're, it's very mandated to the protocol. What are some of the mistakes you see on, on resumes that you feel actors may not be aware of? I think the biggest ones are putting in too much information and then putting information in incorrectly. And so the too much information is basically like the, you know, the old KISS principle, which is keep it simple, stupid, you know, just put your credits, put your information, put your, your, your manager, your agent, uh, any, the basic contact information, and then make sure that you're outlining your credits correctly. That's the biggest thing that I, you know, see that's done. Um, putting a character name as opposed to a television credit. There are only four television credits primarily. It's recurring, series regular, co-star, and guest star. And that's it. Anything outside of that is either an uncredited credit which should not be listed on your resume or um, featured or you know a, a role if you put in like Jack or the delivery guy that mm. that doesn't work um, so those types of things need to be um, outlined correctly in film you're either a lead or supporting some people also do support the role for featured if you were in a film and you were not a leader supporting, I find it's really easier just to keep it super simple. And you're either a leader supporting, you're in the film, you had a speaking mm -hmm. part that, you know, that's every, every, I think everybody's a little different on that one, but for the most part, those are the two roles in film. And then you've got your theater credits and training, special skills, and then commercial. If you're not really pursuing, if this is not a commercial resume, keep it off, just, you know, put uh, upon request because they're really only looking for, you know, conflicts and why throw it out there? You know, if you're in a Coke commercial and you can't do Pepsi, why throw it out there? Just keep it off unless it's, you know, it's, it's really targeted at something commercial. You don't need it, not for theatrical pursuits. Would you ever put the name of the character ever on the resume? In theater, you do. Um, theater. But all right, so let's go through this resume here. We have a little mock resume that we're looking at. So now we are looking at the top of the resume. So here we have John Actor. As you can see here, we have SAG AFTRA underneath, as well as Actors Equity. That, so that would always be right underneath that, correct? I, this is a sample format. And again, mm formatting the way that you want to, it, however you want to design it is mm. up to you. You know, if you're an expert designer and you can make things look beautiful, perfect. But for the sake of formatting, it's really just your name goes at the top. It needs to be the biggest thing on the resume. You need mm. to have your union affiliation. If you have one underneath it, you need to have your information underneath it somewhere. You need to have your, your representation somewhere. Does it have to be in a certain place in the top corner or left corner? No, it doesn't. Um, it just needs to be there. So it's not as important as what it looks like as to what's there. The columning is important under television, film, theater, training, special skills. Those need to either be in a three column or a four column format. And the, the most mm. utilized is a three column format as shown. Now, here. now looking at this mock resume, 
you have also under there, you have the U.S. green card and Canadian passport. Would that, would you put that so upfront? That's a personal choice for me. Uh, yes. It's really important if you have an actor that can work in different countries, that that is something that a casting director knows right away, especially if it's, for instance, most often it's a British actor working in the States. We need to know if they're being pitched on something, if they can legally work in the United States. So if they have dual citizenship, it's helpful. There's a lot of productions in Canada. So for this actor, this fictitious actor, I would suggest that we keep that front of mind, that he has dual uh, citizenship. It's really helpful that he can work on productions in Canada um, as well as the U.S. So think about it for the use of, you know, what you're doing, what you're going after, what works for your representation and what casting directors are looking at. They can't hire you if you can't work in the States. If you're a British actor and you have great credits, but you don't have the visa and they don't have time to get the visa or they don't have the budget to get the visa, whatever those terms are not a big enough role for them to afford the cost against the visa, that would take you out of the running right away. Those are things that need to be stated up front. In my opinion, it's my opinion. So, and then right under that, you have height, weight, eyes, and hair. Is there a reason why they want to know eye color? <laughs> it's, it has <laughs> gone away. It has gone away now that a lot of, a lot of people don't care about any of yeah. those any of those stats anymore. They don't care about your eye color, your weight, your hair, none of it. It is always going to be included in your yeah. actor's access profile because we have to know for certain roles. I mean, it's just casting, right? Um, yeah. So, like, has anyone never been like, "I'm sorry, we were going to cast you, but it says <laughs> you have brown eyes, and we are looking for blue eyes." <laughs> I, I mean, mean, like, it, it is true. It does come down to that. It does come down sometimes. Um, really? I mean, could you, wow. could you put, could you put contacts in? Sure. But no, I, I think we've really moved away from that. Some actors yeah. still have it. I put it in here just for the sake of, yeah, I, I still have it on mine as well, but uh, that's something I, I, was, I was thinking about. I, does it matter? <laughs> like where, where did I, eye color come from? <laughs> like, you know, I you think, know. <laughs> I think if you, if you really look at it from, from casting a casting perspective. Yeah. Mm. Everything's important. I think everything's important, yeah. you know, like for a role, but is it that important? Not really. I mean, we've, we've moved away from that, but on, on a standard <laughs> resume, but look, it's in your actor's access profile for a reason. You need to know what yeah. somebody looks like. You need to know how big their build is. Um, yeah. You know, uh, if they're supposed to be the son or daughter of, a, of another actor, you kind of want to know, you know, hair color and things like that are important. <clears throat> but nowadays, like we for change. me, we can change yeah. a lot of those things. We can change. Like for me, that. Yeah, like for, for me, I like, like that seems like something that's way more important, like measurements and stuff than than eye color. But yeah, it's always on every resume. But that's something I, I've always wanted to ask is like, why? <laughs> I don't why I, color. I I think people moved so away fun. from it honestly yeah it's like it's just padding now but yeah no so now we look underneath here we also now we have the, the manager or possibly an agent's uh number here you put um talk a little bit about how that's formatted so some agents have a particular 
agents or managers have a particular format they request. They may ask you to put your resume into their specific format. Some will just give you their logo and say, hey, slap it on there somewhere. Um, it doesn't really matter. I mean, as long as you have your representation listed and if you don't have representation, then you put your direct contact information. But mm. you always want to, you know, in a professional setting, it's best to have an agent and manager um, or agent or manager if you only have one or the other, mm. their information first to contact them first. And so I think now, you format it however you want or however your agent or manager, if they have a certain request, but just mm. somewhere near the top. Because yeah, like you said, the design isn't so much as important as mm -hmm. the information is. <clears throat> um, okay, so now we move on to the television credits. So would you always start with television? I do. It's a preference, I think. I've heard it both ways, film or television first. I feel as if in casting, again, this is my opinion, it's a it's sort of a standard to figure out where someone is at their casting level, so to speak, mm -hmm. from television credits. It's the easiest way to determine you're at a co-star level, you're at a guest star level, you're at a recurring mm -hmm. level, you're at a series reg level. It's easier mm -hmm. than discerning through a film, you know, unless it's something like Ford versus Ferrari that, you know, is a really big film, even mm -hmm. from a supporting role. Um, you know, I fictitiously use that as a lead role, um, <laughs> but it's uh, you wouldn't really know how big that role is. Right. Just from looking at that. But from a co-star, you have an idea. They're parameters, yeah. the parameters of a co-star, even though co-stars have gotten a lot bigger without the paycheck, um, but that's a network issue and a writing issue. But co-star, mm. you have an idea, guest star, you have an idea, and it gives you a weight, so to speak, of where that actor is with regard to status and with regard to role, you know, roles that they could handle. I think for that reason alone, and it's more of almost a marketing tactic for me, I want my television credits first, and I want to establish the network level that they're at and the credit level that they're at. So somebody could easily flip to this page and go, oh, series ride, guest star. Okay, got it. NBC, mm -hmm. this, this, guy, this, this actor, John actor is established. Mm -hmm. That's all I'm really looking for. So I noticed that there are three columns. Um, would you ever <clears throat> want to use... Would you ever go more or less? There's a standard three or four column formatting. This is the more simple and more often used. This is the typical formatting. The three, mm. it's really easy. It's really clean. It's easy to read and easy to understand. I feel like four gives you a little bit more of an opportunity to add a little bit more information. Like you could, you could flip um, another column from... Uh, network and add a column for director, for instance, under television. Do you really need, I mean, for the most yeah. part, we can fit it in there. It just gives you an idea, you know, of a quick snapshot. And that's what I feel like this is. I think it needs to be yeah. a quicker, cleaner snapshot. And the question is, is it, necess is it necessary? Because it's going to clutter up the, the resume, whereas three columns, it's very clean. It's succinct. Right. You see it, everything. So let's go through that. So the first thing 
on the column we have is the title of the show in a television show. Would you always go with the title? Always, always. Okay. Yeah. Television, okay, the show, the role, and then the network. And then pre- if you have, if you know the director, it's great. If it adds some cachet, if it doesn't, you don't have enough room, you just put the network. But well, I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, director XYZ. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. She does great stuff. This is just great, great director. Um, so now we're looking at the second column and we have series regular guest star, co-star recurring. You also mentioned feature. That is something you could do, but it's probably best to just go with co-star, guest star, recurring series regular. So let's talk a little bit about. I, well, mean, I, want, to regular- I want to correct back. But I don't want that to go out because featured in television means an uncredited. Okay. So we don't ever want featured in a television credit. In a television yeah. credit, we would never have feature. Okay. Never. never. Um, okay. And you'd never have a bartender or, you know, guard or anything like that. Um, yeah. Because it would be if, just, if, it if would be an not, extra background, not, really. Yeah. If you did not speak as extra background uncredited, we'll leave it off. Yeah. So series regular, guest star, co-star, recurring. Those are the four. Yeah. Those are the four. Series regular, it's pretty self-explanatory. A regular on the show, you're on every episode or nearly every episode. You're you're in the title of the, the show if you're if you're watching it. Guest star, that would be somebody coming in, right? Um, not necessarily recurring, but I mean it could be recurring. Talk talk a little bit. Yeah, let's yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry. It could be the difference is it a recurring recurring role could be recurring co-star, recurring guest star. That's the only difference. And you could actually write that out. You could write recurring co-star, recurring guest star. Mm-hmm. But for the nature of it to lend itself up, typically people just write recurring because if you are a recurring co-star, you still want people to know that you had a recurring role and it still looks better than, um, you know, than co-star and you have a recurring role. It could be as as little as two, as two episodes, still a recurring role. If it's a recurring guest star, there would be an incentive to probably write recurring guest star. You could write that. That would still be okay. Talk talk a little bit about, um, the difference between guest star and co-star co-star is a small role that is speaking all of these are speaking roles where you contribute to the overall narrative but you're not forwarding the narrative arc in any major storyline so your role is is just uh contributory to the overall show a guest star is a key character that drives the narrative forward in the story so it's a a much larger role that Mm -hmm. is a key character to telling a part of the story so they're different however co-stars with better writing have gotten bigger they they just have the prop the it's not a problem but um it's great you know to get a meaty co-star but 
a lot of times now, um, when you see a co-star listing and you're pitching an actor for it, um, you may not know that it is a really juicy co-star that almost borders on a on a guest star, like really, really, really meaty ancillary character that's contributing, but it's not driving the whole narrative. So there may be some really big, good roles that are co-stars now that just don't get the billing of a guest star. Um, so there's a little bit of nuance there where there's some carryover where they're, they're starting to, to become, I don't know, similar in lanes in some writing styles, but but yeah, a guest star is a much bigger role. And, and typically it's going to be heavily, heavily featured. Um, and if it's recurring, it's a it's a much bigger, much bigger recurring role than a recurring co-star, which would be a minor character, like a guard that you see over and over. Or um, what was a good, a good recurring role? Unlike Scandal, the Secret Service, they've got to be the same people over and over and mm. over, see them over and over again, but they're not contributing to the narrative of the show. They're not like a, a major guest star that's coming in and having a big storyline. They're just the same characters that you see over and over again, supporting the whole storyline of the show. So that's kind of the difference in a nutshell, like a guest star would be somebody coming on to scandal that is a part of a new story and a key part mm. of that story. And then the recurring co-star would just be the secret service guy that might have a line yeah. or two here and there, you know? Yeah. Somebody <laughs> that like you might see every day, like uh, somebody that were a doorman that works at the um, concierge or something. If say the show was taking place at a hotel and every day they like walk down the stairs. I mean, this would be more of a sitcom or something. And you always saw this doorman. Mm -hmm. That would kind of be, but they have nothing to do with the plot. You know, that would kind of be a recurring co-star, but it would also sure. kind of become, yeah. Sure. And then in the storyline, you might be interviewing people, like let's just say it was procedural and there's a person who works at the coffee shop who had an interaction with this serial killer. They had a pretty meaty interaction with the investigator. It's driving that narrative forward. It's yeah. a pretty meaty co-star, but after that one scene, it's over. Like, yeah, it, it's it, so that's a co-star. That's where the that's where the delineation yeah. comes from. The co-star and the guest star. Yeah, I'll give you another example. Uh, the show Billions. There's a there's a reporter that was in <coughs> one of the episodes the last season. There was a reporter that happened in one of the last uh, seasons, and they brought him back for the the season premiere, but he doesn't. He kind of has something to do with the plot. He is moving the plot forward, but he's not going to be somebody we're going to see every single episode. Right. But I, so I guess that would be more of a recurring guest star because he does have something to do with the plot. Now we move on to the studio uh, thing. Okay. So, so now we have the third column, which is the studio and the director. Does it matter the preference of which comes first? Oh yeah, the, the network comes first. Network Always. comes first. Would the network? Because here's something. Uh, most actors aren't going to know about this, but you know, there's the person who, you know, owns the movie from the studio, and then there's the distributor uh, mm -hmm. of the studio. Like ABC does, you know, does television, but Disney kind of owns them, same as you know Hulu. Would you? 
would you, how would you go about that? Would you like say you have a show on Hulu? Would you go with Hulu even though Disney owns them? So the, the easiest answer is whatever's bigger. You know, whatever Whatever's makes bigger. it look better, whatever makes it look better for you. I mean, that, that, okay. that's a horrible way to position it, I guess, but it's yeah. true. I mean, yeah. if it was I, on ABC originally and now it's on Hulu, ABC is bigger and put it on a- yeah. put ABC and that, you yeah. know, that's who produced it. But if it was produced by a small little company and now it got picked up by Hulu, then you're not going to list the small company. You're going to list yeah. Hulu because it's a lot bigger. So it's... A, it's whatever the weight is going to look better for you. And there's you want to go with the na- yeah. So you want to go yeah, with like nothing the name. dishonest about it. It's it's completely yeah. straightforward. But if it was originally produced from a small company, now let me think of it that way. Now it's on Hulu. Yeah. Of course, you want to list it on Hulu. Or now Netflix picked it up for distribution. You want to put it on net. It's on Netflix. Like everyone knows HBO, you know, and it's it's better to put HBO than you know. Time Warner Company production company (laughs) XYZ production company. Yeah. You know, you want to put the biggest thing that you can get. This is this is like a marketing, Mm. a marketing campaign. And that that's why I I always also on actors access when I'm putting network the listing the networks and the television credits, I always put them in caps. So you would always go with the director and you would never go with the showrunner director always go with the director okay all right i think we're done with uh television now we are moving on to film which would be the second category although as we said if you wanted to you could make film first as well you know i think Mm -hmm. it depends on what your credits are yeah it sure does yeah it sure does okay so here we have the first column and we have you know we have the titles of the film Say it's a long title like Dr. Strange Love and or how I learned to love the bomb with like this this side title. Would you always just kind of you would never put like the side title to that. You would just always go with the main title. What's shortest? Uh it depends on the the space that you have. If you can give the the right creative credit, I I'm all I'm all about um honoring yeah. But if you if you got a limited amount of space, then yeah, shorten it, yeah. <laughs> shorten it up. Go go with the go with the title. Yeah, like yeah. like say you have um, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Would you put all of that on there? I think you have to because I don't know the Indiana Jones films, but there if you just put Indiana Jones, there's so many. Yeah, ones, exactly. right? I mean, you'd, you would have to. Yeah, I think you would want to. I. I think you want to honor the the right title if you have the room for it. So for the room and for that. Okay, cool. So now we move on to the second column, which here we only really have two, lead and supporting, correct? Some people do say that you can list lead, supporting, and featured for really small roles where would be like, uh, equivalent to a co-star in a television program where you have a line or two and that's it. You're not really contributing to the narrative at all. I think it's just become commonplace now that it's leader supporting, leader supporting. It's just sort of a an easier yeah. 
way to do it. Um, it could just be that the maybe the level that I'm working with, that maybe that's what I'm used to. And maybe mm -hmm. when it's you are having lower level roles, you would use fe featured, but I don't know. I I don't I just mm -hmm. I can only speak for myself. I, I don't yeah, I don't really use featured. Well, if you can get is, away with yeah, if you, you can, can say later supporting. Yeah, why not just go with that? Why would you want to, you know, lessen it? You know, it's leader supporting. So that's what you could do, or you could do featured, as we said. Um, but it's probably just best to go with lead or supporting. So now we move on to the third column, which is basically the same as the television column. It's, you know, it's the studio and the director. Right. And if you don't have a studio, then you would put production company and director. Here's something I, I didn't ask about. What, how, how many credits is too, is, is too many? I mean, should you put, should you keep it that succinct like that for? No, or? really. So resumes are all built around what credits you have and where you are mm. in your career. So for instance, if you're just starting and you've got a bunch of all your films or student films, then that, you know, that, that right hand side is going to look like, you know, university, university, university. Um, and that's fine. Um, yeah. But after you start knocking those university credits off and you're getting real credits, you'll want to yeah. start to get rid of, yeah. get, get, you know, getting rid of some of those. And then if you're doing, for instance, a ton of independent films and you only have two television credits, then at some point you're going to want to, because you want to try and keep this to one page as much as possible. If your yeah. film credits are just falling off the page, start taking out some of the dupes, start taking out some of the shorts, try to keep it concise in a part, even, you know, you could put films, comma, partial lists, you can do the same with television. Yeah. You can do the same with anything, but partial list, and then just start removing things that aren't really serving you any longer, or don't really say, you know, have a wow factor. Like, wow, that that's really, you know, you see the same director over and over. You see the same short film, same director. It's a push. Yeah. I guess just get pick, rid of it. Yeah, just take one. Just take that one. One of that director, and so yeah. it doesn't look like it's just the same. So yeah. yeah. So that's pretty self-explanatory. So now a third column or the third part would be theater. Because we said that if it was a commercial resume, you could put commercial, you know, available by request. Because like sure. we said, we want to keep it to one page. Or you could have, if you were a commercial actor and you were doing a bunch of commercials, a commercial, you know, a commercial resume where I guess that would be the first thing. And then you would kind of maybe put television and film and then maybe theater would be available yeah. by request. Yeah. It's the same Something for Broadway, like Broadway actors. If you look at a wealth of yeah. actors um, in New York, their actors, their uh, resumes rather start with theater. Um, yeah. You know, they go from Broadway, theater, regional. It. So it's all on what you're focused on. And so for the purpose of this conversation, this sample resume is really 
targeted towards someone who's trying to work theatrically. Now with theater, same thing. First column is going to be the title of the play. Now we get a little bit different here because now instead of lead or supporting in the second column, we are going to put the name. You can. I mean, you could if you if you feel like I mean, most casting directors are going to know already. But if you wanted to say, you know, lead, comma, Brian, (laughs) you you could do that. There's I've seen. um, theater credits listed differently, uh, you know, depending. And it, there's a little bit of flexibility here. I think there's a little bit okay. of flexibility here because there's so many roles as well. You could say ensemble, you could say understudy, you could say uh, there's um, understudy that was performed, understudy that wasn't performed. There are a lot of so, variances and this is not my area of expertise. So I, um, I don't want to pretend that I know this really, really well because I don't but I think there are, there's some variance here that's allowable, but the main, the main focus or format rather is, is still going to be the name of the production, your role. And then you want to kind of understand how important was that role? Was it, was it the lead role? And is that obvious? Or was it a supporting role? And is that obvious? Or were you part of the ensemble or understudy? And then you know, where, where did it take place and what studio hmm. or what theater company? So say it was an understudy, would you put like a slash there, understudy, and then maybe performed, you know? Yeah, there's either, there's either um, parenthetical understudy or, or parenthetical understudy. And then like, a, a, I think a, a P for performed. Um, I have to look, okay. I'd have I'd have to look that up exactly, but we can okay. reference that somewhere on the website if we need to. But I okay. have that formatting somewhere. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, okay, so now we have the third column, which now you would just you would place the theater company and the director. Mm-hmm. All right, that's now look at training. Now, I see here we have Improv UCB. Um, UCB, I assume, is Upright Citizens Brigade. Would you indent that? Would you make it an acronym like that? These are, these are made up. So um, I might have pulled that from somebody's <laughs> exact resume. So I'd, but yeah. I would imagine it's that. Um, but for the space, you could either write it out if you have the space or you can indent okay. it because most people know that it's, you know what it is. the The easiest thing, and in, in in the industries that most people are going to know what you're talking about, they're usually going to be in the market, or mm. if it's New York or LA, a primary market, they're going to know what you're talking about. It's not like mm. um, you really have to be that concerned with them understanding or not not identifying it. So if you had an, an element where you couldn't fit that all in, I think UCB is fine. So, yeah, so you will put this here, Bachelor of Fine Arts and Drama. Now, that is a degree, correct? Mm-hmm. So you yeah. would put, so you would lift, so you would list it in a column like that? Yeah. Under training. Okay. You wouldn't, you wouldn't put like the classes. You would just put, you would put no. that you have a degree. Okay. Just a degree. Yeah. Okay. And then the second column is the teacher or the school, as we see with this degree. Yeah. And then we move over to the third column, and that is 
Historic in this, and yeah. in, in with the degree, now that I'm looking at it, because I, I did this sample resume this morning, just quickly, um, you could put in the first, in the first column, this is just picking small things now, but you could put Bachelor of Fine Arts, and then in the center, you could put drama with a concentration in something, you know, yeah, so under training, on this resume, um, if you're splitting hairs, the other thing that you really could do is the first column could be the basic degree, which is Bachelor of Fine Arts. And then the second column could really be the concentration. So if it were more intense than drama, if it were drama, theater, and something, you know, whatever else that might be, you could put all of that in the middle. And then on the right-hand side, you could put UCLA, obviously, Los Angeles. That's the only derivation there. It's really like splitting hairs. Um, it's just the basic information. Who taught it? Where'd you get it? And where did that, you know, where did that happen? So mm. I just wanted to add that. I might've done that okay. a, little bit, a little bit wrong. Okay, cool. So now we move on to special skills. And here we have native English and Italian speakers. So this person can speak multiple languages. How does this, do you just give it a mismatch like this or like, how does the hierarchy of it set up? So an actor's access is going to be done for you pretty much. They're going to give you all of these boxes and ask you, can you do this? And if you can, what's your skill level? And yeah, can you do that? And you just check a bunch of boxes. And then I would even suggest in actors access that you don't take that as a, as a cumulative list and you add your own. If you've got other things that you can do that are not listed there, please, by all indications, add them in the area where you can add information. Um, when your manager or agent is pitching you on things, they're pitching a wealth of people at the same time. And they've got a split second to decide if you can play piano, if you can play percussion, if you can do an accent, um, if you speak another language. They're just going to scroll through. I'm speaking about your Actors Access account now, and and look quickly through your skills to see if you can do it. They may or may not have time to give you a call or a text and say, "Hey, can you perfect a BBC dialect?" If mm. it's not there, you're losing out. So add it, add everything you can think of. This is a big area for me is if you can do it, add it. There's really no, there's yeah. nothing that is too much. <laughs> there's really nothing that is too much. However, for the yeah. sake of, again, we're back to this one page, you're trying to keep it to one page, like a marketing document, keep it within balance, try to keep it within balance. You know, so you don't have 9 million skills and then you've got, you know, if you don't have a lot of credits, okay, amp your skills up a little bit, but you also don't want to go crazy. So try and keep the biggest things that are going to get you work. For instance, diet, yes. diet, yeah, dialects, music, special yeah. skills, dancing, precision driving, combat. Um, yeah. If you played specific sports, if you played at a competitive level in that sport, if you can do certain things, ASL, sign language um, is a big one. If you have a disability, that's another thing. It's not a skill, but it's something that 
would additionally help you get cast. And it's something that needs to be yeah. talked, needs to be discussed, needs to be outlined. Um, for instance, one veteran, um, I think being a veteran is definitely something to list that you have military experience, you have gun experience. Yeah. If there are veteran roles, casting director would would casting directors would like to honor veteran experience with that casting process. So those are things that you know need to be outlined. Somebody's not going to automatically you know know that about you. And if you you know I, I have a vet on my roster that has a hearing disability as a result of um, an IED in Afghanistan. And because of that, he had to learn ASL. So I use that here as an example um, Mm. and I kind of group them together, but I've seen that in casting a a lot. So I, I think anything that you can, if you can just think outside of the box of things that would help you get a role, really yeah. drive that drive that home you sing in a band that's something that somebody else yeah. doesn't do you know put it on there <laughs> put it on there yeah yeah what would you say though is not a special skill like what would what like what differentiates that like i think is, is it when just you, when you realize you're getting too out there or what <laughs> you know you got to try try and keep it within a balanced yeah. range um <laughs> But, like you wouldn't but, put like I can write I can write with a pencil or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think <clears throat> there were there were some consultants at one point in time, and um, if you do a Google search, you'll find them. But that were telling actors, you know, these little tricks to make yourself stand mm-hmm. out with casting directors. And one of those things a long time ago, I I remember them saying, you know, write something crazy in your skills that would be a conversation starter. Like, you know, like um, I can touch my nose, my tongue, you know, something stupid and silly. I just don't think it, I think it's a waste of time. I I really do. I think it's a waste of time. Because if you can't do it in the room, you know. Yeah. is is there is is there some fun in going outside of the line, coloring outside of the lines? I love coloring outside of the line, but I think for the sake of you know drawing the line of where's too far and where's not far enough, yeah, focus it on like you getting speaking, a job. Yeah, sp- like speaking of coloring, you wouldn't write like I can color in a coloring book. <laughs> Okay, great. We've got uh, a million people that can do that. And that's not going to help. <laughs> yeah. Is there something specific that you can do and you can do it that no one else could better, do. better than a lot of other people? You know, are you yeah. are you a really strong stand up comedian? Yeah. Or can you do an act? Can you perfect an accent? If you can't perfect any of these things, yeah. if you can't do it well, don't put it there. I think that's I think that's a good way to it. Would you put something simple like a driver's license on there, or because he put precision driver, that would um, that yeah, precision precision driving is a is a, a certificate. I mean, it's a, it's a certification, so mm. um, you cannot. They're looking for that. That's something they're looking for. It's like, do you have certification in stage combat? You can't just say, "Oh, I can do stage combat." You have to actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> perfected it you have to have a precision driving permit um yeah. there are things that you could put like 
you know, I can drive a manual stick shift because now that is something that a lot of people can't do anymore. It's becoming phased out. But I think just be very deliberate. As long as you really ask yourself the hard questions and ask yourself, is this meaningful? Is this a skill that I can really perfect if I'm asked to do this? And am I being honest? And that's it. Yeah. You know, as long as you're doing that, but don't sell yourself short too. I have a lot of people that just put two things <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> and I'm sure they can do other things. Like I'm sure there's yeah. a, a wealth yeah. of other things that they can do, but they, they don't list them. They just don't. I can walk and speak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> two legs. Two legs. I mean, it, it's it's funny. And also it's age specific too. I mean, about some, some yeah. specific roles. Like for instance, like you wouldn't think it's a very important thing to say that you were a cheerleader or you, you know, but in younger yeah. roles, are there a lot of roles for cheerleaders? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there are. Yeah. So if you absolutely would be awkward doing that, then yeah. maybe don't list that. I mean, if you're 75, I don't know if it's probably good to put cheerleading. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Unless unless it's David Lynch, then he might need it. He did that with like a character on that show. Isn't there a movie about old cheerleaders? There is. Oh, yeah. Actually, there is. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. So, I have to take that back. (laughs) There is. So, no. If you can't, if you are 75, yes, please put. You can do cheerleading. Please put cheerleading. (laughs) <laughs> what what would you say is because you've read a lot of resumes what would you say is the most ridiculous thing you've ever seen on a resume um pogo sticking <laughs> i don't know i just random things like that i mean is it yeah. cool that you can do it probably yeah um yeah. and i think some resumes like for instance, listing that skill would be a lot more relevant in, and that is perhaps why their resume was written that way for commercial skills. So commercial skills, they do want to know everything in the world that you can do because yeah, they might be looking for you to whistle and then jump off, you know, the sidewalk and jump on a pogo stick and do, you know, some parkour into yeah. the McDonald's. I don't know. Um, and those those are skills that commercial agents are looking for every single day. For me, those are a little bit, a little bit yeah. less at the top of the list. But yeah. um, so is it a crazy thing that somebody listed? Not really. I mean, probably not for them. But yeah. I don't think anything's that crazy. I I I just think really ask yourself the questions, <laughs> list enough. Yeah. you know, to get yourself competitive, keep yourself competitive and keep yourself in the running for roles, for things that you can do, but don't go over the top. And especially yeah. on the accents, if you can do them, list them. If you can't make that yeah. a goal for yourself, work on that. And then when you can add it, but don't assume, you know, don't, yeah. don't put that you can speak French because you think you're going to get four lines and you can, yeah, you can figure it out. Yeah, don't I'll do that. I'll figure. I'll do. I'll do Duolingo in a in a day and be able to right. speak French. Yeah, because it just doesn't like, work. We'll know. We'll know. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. You know, you said you know French, but you uh, can't seem to speak it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I think it's also relevant to say, um, for instance, if you list something like gymnastics or basketball or football, that if you played D1 level, that's a lot different than somebody that's, you know, throws the football with their dad in the yard. (laughs) So you will not be listed. (laughs) Right. Give yourself the credit to brag about yourself. You know, I'm a former D1 football player. If you are uh, a beginner in gymnastics or you took gymnastics when you were five, then you could say, uh, you know, have some gymnastics experience, but if yeah. you can't tumble now at whatever age you are now, like then put beginner or, or don't list it. It doesn't, but if you are yeah. a good tumbler, then you're an intermediate yeah. level Then put gymnastics intermediate level, like give somebody yeah. the information that they need, like be as descriptive as you can. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the last thing I see on here is we have a casting director's like recommendation. Talk a little bit about that. So when you are dealing with this beautiful thing called white space, when you've got some Mm. extra space, and that's usually as a result of not having a wealth of credits and everybody's there at certain points in their career, you need to be creative. You need to get yourself in the room and you need to get yourself noticed. It's your calling card. You have three of them. You've got your reel, your headshot, and your resume, and that's it. And so... You've got to be as creative as you can. And yeah. if you've got white space, fill it up, you know, not yeah. so it's jammed, not clean. And, <laughs> and, you know, it looks yeah, don't, nice. Don't jam up. You said jam everything up. Yeah. yeah. Just like... <laughs> if somebody said something great about you and yeah. you feel like it really sums up working with you and why you're a great guy and why people should want to work with you, you know, or that you're, a young Channing Tatum or that you have the charisma of Morgan Free, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Put put that in there and make sure you have their approval to do that. Of course, don't quote somebody without their permission, but if you have their permission, do it, do whatever you can. I mean, put, add your picture in here. um, If you want, if you're still going to, you know, preferably, presumably have it on the back, but um you know, put your picture digitally in here and whatever you, whatever you feel like is going to give you a leg up. This is a marketing tool and it's something that you're going to use day after day after day to get jobs consistently. And if you're not updating it, keeping it updated and keeping it fresh, then you're doing yourself a disservice. Would you put um, reviews on there? Like if you got a good review from somebody, would you put that on a resume or is that a step too far? A review from whom? Like like if say you got a, a nice review from a critic or something, would you put like maybe an yeah. excerpt of that? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Anything, anything at all, anything that can help you. You could put multiple. I mean, if you're design, you know, you're better at design than I am, which 99% of people are, you could put, you know, a couple, you put three Mm -hmm. or four. It's, it's all in how you make it, how you make it look. And then it's not taking up too much space on them on the page and overwhelming 
the content. But I would say less is more. Don't put, you know. Yeah, I wouldn't go. Overboard. Don't go. Don't go crazy with design and you know this elaborate artwork underneath your. <laughs> no. <laughs> underneath no. your uh, your resume, and it's like I can't read it. Keep it. Wait, what did we say at the beginning? Keep it simple, stupid. The yeah. kiss for, formula. It's it. It's the best. I think it's just keep it simple. And I think that's what the band uses too. <laughs> so, is there anything else you would like to say about? formatting a resume anything that we haven't touched on i don't think so i i think the main thing is that it's your calling card as an actor you should be looking at your resume at minimum every time you have a new credit and making sure that it's the best presentation a new credit or a new skill or some or new training you know and it's something to add to the content and making sure that it's the best representation of you at the time because you're consistently looking for work and you should always be looking for work. You know, I don't I don't think we need to overcomplicate it and make things so yeah. you know, to stress ourselves out about it. But we do need to make sure that we have the proper formatting. And it's pretty simple. If we just follow the guidelines. And just, One last thing: Would yeah. you? Would you? Um, does it matter the font? I think like it what does. Font you use? I think it does. I think it's got to be very clean and easy to read. So some kind of you know serif or um, yeah, you know, just something really clean. If you're having a problem reading it, somebody else is having a problem reading it. Like, don't use a script font. Don't try to get crazy. I think that's the biggest thing. Is don't try to get crazy and do all these crazy things. Just let your work speak for itself. Let, you know, don't be afraid of it. Just be, be bold, which is what you have to be as an actor and be vulnerable and put your work out there and let it speak for itself. And think of it as a marketing tool. Think about, is this going to sell me? If it's not it going is. to sell me, then yeah. don't put it on there. Yeah. Right. And while you're building your resume, there's going to be some derivations to that. You're yes. going to have to embellish certain parts and detract from certain parts, but that will change. And, and as you, you know, if you don't have very many credits, then focus on expanding the part on your training. I think this is a microcosm of what's happening in the real, in your real world, right? Like, so you don't have these credits, you're working on these credits, then you're looking at the page, you got to fill up the page. So your training needs to be bigger. Your skills need to be yeah. bigger. You need more endorsements. Like all of these things need to be, you got to do more indie yeah. films. You got to get more credits. To, and all of yeah. this is going to compound getting more information for your reel, getting more content to build more calling right. cards, more assets. And that's that's what's going to happen in, in real life and on the page. You know, you'll pull those old pieces off of your reel as you get better clips. And those will move to the top. Working document, right. a work in progress. All right. I think we've, um, oh, one other thing. Would you ever put, sometimes I've seen this, a second picture on the back of a resume? Would you, would you do that? Or is that just fall under design where if it looks clean, you can do it. If not. On the back? 
What do you mean? Yeah, sometimes like sometimes I've seen like uh, a second like headshot or maybe they put like a full body, a small full body shot in like, oh. maybe one of the corners or something. A digital, you mean a digital shot on this side where all the content is? Yeah, some, something something on um, either the left or the right, you know? I, or do I'm, you not think- ma- I'm not mad at that. I'm not, I mean... The old school format, obviously, is that you have just your content on the front and then you have the picture, your headshot stapled to the back when we used to go in the rooms and actually have auditions. And if that will return, who knows if it's still included in the casting process. A lot of it's digital now. But to that end, if they're only going to see the front, if you're sending this digitally, why would you not have a photo? You know, if you could have the opportunity to put some photography in a digital of course, you know, that's, that's what you're, yeah. you're in the game of acting, which is, uh, you know, the casting process is um, partially about what you look like and what, what roles you can morph into. And yeah. so, um, yeah, I, I'm not mad at that at all. Well, I think if you did, you know, actors access, you know, you have an option to send a photo, send stuff. So then your resume could be necessarily clean, but if you were going out, then maybe you would you would maybe have a thing like you said. If we if we were auditioning in the room, yeah, then you would probably just want the information on the front and the headshot on the back. And yeah. what the main question to ask yourself is: What format am I sending it in? Am I making the casting director's job easy? It's a number one thing to ask yourself yeah. is, are you making it easy to get hired? And whether you're pitching yourself to an agent, a manager, a director, producer, casting director, think about what their job is and are you servicing that in the best way that you can? And so, for instance, if somebody were sending this digitally to me, I'd love to have the, the, the photography on the front side. I love it as well as adding the headshots because I'd love to see them in high res. They're going to be very low res in this. That's the difference. You're not going to get the best representation, but if you only can send a one sheeter and that's all you have the opportunity, you know, so that it's not separate from your picture, then put it there. But you know, if if you're in the room and a casting director has requested that it's done a certain way then do it the way they want it done. And don't add in extra things because you think it's going to get you an extra hit or, you know, like then you're like, it's then it's you've gone too far. So respect the process, respect the protocol. But if you feel like it can help you in any certain instance, then do it. All right. I think we've talked about everything that could possibly be asked about a resume. I think so, too. And formatting. I think so too. And with that, thank you for your time. I hope this helps actors. And um, yes, we will see you next time. All right. Thanks, Justin. Thank you. Okay, that about does it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed Helping the Actor, episode one. And I hope you learned a lot about how to format a resume. I want to thank Amy Manning for her help. As always, you can find me at Justin Yance. 
please like, share, and subscribe, and consider checking out the video on YouTube. And I will see you next time on the DMF.